Vikings are rolling right along, and who better to chat about? Talk a little Minnesota football. Let's welcome aboard Paul Allen, uh, the radio voice of the Minnesota Vikings, joins us now. Hey, Paul, Mark Malusis and Maggie Gray, thanks for a couple minutes this morning. Hey, what's going on? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. And it's been a – I mean, the Vikings have been a wonderful story. I mean, highlighted by, you know, the the play of Keenum at quarterback, Paul, uh, who has been – Certainly fantastic in this offense and has played at an MVP level this year. Yeah, you know, the uh, the fans are really embracing him, too. I was at a uh, Timberwolves Heat game last night, and, you know, if, if, if Case had been at a Timberwolves game and was put on the uh, Jumbotron about a month and a half, two months ago, you know, there, there, there might have been a smattering of uh, cheers. But um, he received a big-time standing ovation last night. This, uh, this fan base really appreciates what he has given the team. In um in a in a unique situation with Bradford going down and you know the uh, the first round pick Teddy Bridgewater practicing so um so yeah case uh, case has been good yeah you know the thing we used to joke about with Case Keenum is he was at Houston so long he should probably be a doctor at this point you know a lot of people go to college for seven years they're called doctors just kidding but glad that he's landed in a spot that seems like it's so perfectly tailor made for him and with Dalvin Cook as, Cook as you mentioned going down to step in I mean. The, the way that the Vikings, though, have really um, have drafted, especially some of their targets. I mean, Thielen is obviously one of the great stories undrafted. Even Stephon Diggs, you know, dropped probably a lot later than most people believed he should have. You know, what is it about this offensive scheme or the players who are executing the scheme that has made this um, just such a big turnaround for them? Well, Miss um, Maggie, we, we can take it a step farther, too. You know, the uh, the Oakland Raiders opted to go with Marshawn Lynch and not Latavius Murray, and he has five touchdowns. The uh, Detroit Lions opted to pay offensive lineman Rick Wagner and, and not a guy they drafted in Riley Reef. And, um, and through 11 games, Riley has not given up a sack. So, you know, I think, um, I think one of the keys here is that offensive coordinator Pat Shermer in his first full year coordinating this offense he, he really, in my 16 years of calling games for this team, he really is as good as I've seen at doing things offensively that are very conducive and comfortable for the way the players play. You know, and, I, and I'm sure Pat, through, uh, through his run, not only as a head coach in Cleveland, but a coordinator in, uh, in St. Louis, and you know, he worked in Philadelphia where he was quarterback's coach for McNabb, and he went to a Super Bowl. I'm sure he he has philosophies that that he would like to use more frequently, but for for this team, with the way the offensive line protects, the way the quarterback moves, the way the running backs run, you know, he he just puts these guys in really really good spots, and it, and it seems to be gelling. Yeah, it it really is gelling. There's no question about it. And and Thielen on on offense is another one of those guys, Paul. That uh, you know. It, uh, a lot of people thought he could have a breakout year this year. He's been he's been better than that. I mean, he's over a thousand yards receiving. Um, you know, with uh, still you know five games to go in the regular season. I mean, he has been fantastic at the wideout spot. Well, he he busted out last year. I mean, he uh, he nearly had a thousand yards last year. And you know, Bradford, uh, Sam Bradford got here after Teddy ripped up his knee. He got here a week in front of the season and. You know, the, uh, the offensive line here last year was, uh, honestly, with all due respect, one of the worst I've seen here in quite some time. Adrian Peterson got hurt in the second game of the season. The, the team ran for like 3.2 yards per carry. The, the running game was just anemic. Yeah, yet Sam went for 20 touchdowns and five interceptions and, and really put Adam on the map with, uh, with the way they work together. You know, and, and Adam, the, the big key to Adam, as a lot of defensive backs 
find weekly is the precision with which, with which he runs his routes and the fact that, that he truly is a scholar of the game with the way he does his business and executes his toil. He does it at full speed. So, I mean, it doesn't matter if it's some of these really good corners we've seen this year, like Darius Slay, Thursday, Thanksgiving, or some middle-of-the-road guys. When, when Adam comes at them full speed and he breaks off that route full speed, a lot of people are caught off guard. And, and that really plays into him getting as open as he does, as frequently as he does. We're talking with Paul Allen. He's the Vikings radio play-by-play voice. He's been doing it for 16 years. And we can talk about the offense, and I have a lot more questions about the quarterback position, but I feel like you have to mention the defense here because it just is so good. A uh, question, though, Paul, a little bit off the beaten path. The Everson Griffin looking for a baby name. Have you, uh, you know, thrown any hats into the ring there? Do you have a stake in this at all? Do you want to see him? You know, do you have any suggestions for the guy? Hey, you know what? The way he played Thursday, I'd call the kid Stafford. I think, um, <laughs> I think a, a name of Stafford. This is like how Chip, how, um, uh, uh, Atlanta Braves. Chipper Jones, thank you, Anthony. Named Shea. his kid Shea after because right. he hit so many home runs at yeah. Shea Stadium. The, uh, the the name Stafford Griffin is very regal. It sounds like you're growing up in a castle surrounded by a moat. Um, but um, but Everson, you know, when it when it comes to being regal, he uh, he should be a defensive player of the year candidate. I mean, with all the sacks he has, and he, he's very he's very good against the run and keeping contained, and you know, with some of those nuances that the coaches and and players around the league. Uh, you really appreciate. But, um, you know, you, you mentioned offense and or defense. And, you know, we, we've had a stigma here for, for a few years since Mike Zimmer became head coach in 2014 that, you know, the defense got good in 2014, his first year, and it subsequently has gotten really good 2015, 16, and 17. And, and you know, despite uh, some points given up against Detroit and Washington, it truly – is one of the best defenses in the league. But the, the stigma has been the Vikings' offense always holds back the defense. And, and that's not the case anymore. I mean, they, they, they really have jettisoned that stigma, specifically the last three games where, you know, the, the offense has generated 1,265 yards and 12 touchdowns through three games and, and is every bit as, as important to this 9-2 and two as the defense. You know, Paul, I, I'm curious, you know, it, and the defense is fantastic offensively, Keenum. Um, you know, from the outside, those that will say, all right, it, it's still Case Keenum at quarterback. I mean, can you, you look at Philadelphia with the way Wentz is playing. You look at Tom Brady. I know Wentz has got something to prove in the postseason as well. Yeah. Uh, you look at Drew Brees down in New Orleans, Tom Brady in New England. You know, people are still from the outside looking in are still going to look at Keenum and say, uh, can Case Keenum really take the Vikings to the Super Bowl? Can Keenum conceivably win a Super Bowl this year in Minnesota for the Vikings? Uh, yeah, what do you I, say I to those people that – yeah. I think it's a fair way to look at it. But, I mean, you, you also have to, you know, sprinkle in the reality that football is the ultimate team game. So, you know, with, I mean, just to get one play to work, you need A to get to B, to get to C, to get to D, and – you know, the, the quarterback's just part of that. Now, I, I think it's a fair way to look at it because Case has been a career backup. But, you know, I, uh, there, there's one unique dynamic here in that after we beat Washington, you know, Keenum had 304 yards and four touchdowns in that game a couple of games ago. First Vikings quarterback since Dante Culpepper in 2004 to throw for more than 300 yards and four touchdowns on the road. Yet the, the head coach in, in his Monday day after press conference would not anoint a case as the quarterback into the next game, the Rams game, against his former team, too, which was weird. 
So the, the, the head coach, Mike Zimmer, has really found a way to keep Case very much on edge, like each game could be his last game. And, and the one behind him, Teddy Bridgewater, is the one on whom I would bet the majority of my money uh, when it comes to being the future quarterback for this team. And, you know, Teddy, I, I watch him in practice all the time, and he looks fantastic. You know, his, his first week in practice, he didn't look fantastic, but sub- subsequently he's gotten better week by week, and he looks very, very sharp. And honestly, I think he's ready to go. But you, you can't supplant Keenum because he's part of this winning formula. And for Case, he, he's not just hot, he's good. And, and he's good at a lot of things that a lot of people didn't realize when he got here. But I guess, Paul, following up on that point, you say that Bridgewater looks good. I mean, even if Case is good, not just the hot hand, how strong of a hold does he actually have on this starting job? I mean, I, I, it's, it, that question comes up a lot. And, and honestly, I don't think it should come up at all. I mean, if, if, if Case, if we go to Atlanta in eight days and, and Case has a bad game, you know, and, and in, in our victory against Washington, we're killing the Redskins. Case throws two of the worst interceptions you'd ever see. And all of a sudden, hail to the Redskins is being played like every eight minutes. <laughs> and, and Washington's back in the game. You know, so that really frustrated the head coach. It's, there, there's just something with Case and, and with Mike Zimmer where he just cannot completely buy into the deal that things are working out the way they are with that guy at quarterback. Um, but you know what? And, and God bless Teddy. And, and I love Teddy and, and, and every, the perseverance he showed and, and everything through which he's been. Teddy's come a long way, and we won a division with Teddy in 2015. But in that season, you know, Teddy played 16 games. He had 14 passing touchdowns and nine interceptions. So, I mean, that's not those aren't exactly numbers that are, are going to bowl you over so that you're like, what are you doing leaving this Tom Brady-like guy on the bench? We're talking with Paul Allen. He's the play-by-play voice of the Vikings. You know, Paul, you look forward, though. All three of these quarterbacks, if I'm not mistaken – are free agents at the end of the season. That'd be Bradford, Brad, Bridgewater, and also Case Keenum. So looking yeah. forward to the future, if you have a crystal ball or and more than that, because you're around the team all the time and informed guests here about who's on this roster moving forward. Now, I can't play that hypothetical. I have no idea. Because when when I saw Case in the offseason and organized team activities, mini camp, training camp, and preseason games, I didn't think he was that good. I mean, I you know, he, he was in a battle with, uh, with an old Dominion kid named Taylor Heineke simply to be the backup. And now, you know, Case killed Taylor and got him cut. And, and clearly Case is a lot better in games than I thought he was in practice. Uh, but uh, the team drafted Teddy Bridgewater. The head coach is very fond of him. He, you know, he, I, I think Teddy will be on roster. Bradford, with that weird knee situation, I have no idea what the future holds for Sam, you know, because he, in the only game we got him this year against New Orleans, my God, he was the NFC Offensive Player of the Week. He was unbelievable on Monday Night Football. And, you know, he really, really can throw the ball, and we have good receivers. So it's, it's, it's impossible to prognosticate now. And I think just, uh, just you know, for Vikings fans and, and those on the outside following this team, you know, I would just enjoy this improbable run and, and just uh, see where it goes. You know, Paul, um, you mentioned it, it's an entire team. I'll ask you this. You've been doing Viking football for a while now. Um, how good at this – I know we've got a ways to go here in the regular season, a uh, little ways till the postseason, and Vikings have played awfully well. How good do you think this group is? Uh, it's, um, it's probably the most cohesive unit that with, with, the, with which I've worked in 16 years. I mean – 
in 2009, when we got to the NFC title game at New Orleans and kind of got robbed because of Bounty Gate, you know, that, that team with Brett Favre and Jared Allen and Steve Hutchinson and, 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 and Percy Harvin and Adrian Peterson, it, it, it really had some, some big personalities. It, it really, when we got off buses on road trips, I mean, seriously, sometimes you felt like you were traveling with an unbelievably popular band because it just had so many popular big-time players on it. This, this team has popular players on it, but it has a youthful nature to it that um, that that I really appreciate, and and I really appreciate it when I see the guys in the locker room and I see how they interact. And you know, I mean, some of the best players on this team they're really really good, and they would start for pretty much every team in the NFL. But I don't think a lot of jerseys around the league of, of Daniil Hunter, Anthony Barr, Eric Kendricks, Linval Joseph, Kyle Rudolph, Latavius Murray. Uh, rookie center Pat Elfline, you know, guys who have been unbelievably key to this. You know, I just don't think it's the most popular group I've ever seen. So it's a, it's, it's a very mentally and physically tough team, and it's a very tightly knit team. Paul, final one for me and for us is, do you enjoy doing the game on Thanksgiving? I mean, you know, everyone's home. I mean, I know you love calling Viking football. I'm not saying that. But what about the idea of working and calling while everyone's home watching, you know, that you that you're doing Vikings football, you enjoy that? Oh, it's the best. Yeah, I um, you know, in in my decade and a half, I, I had gone 14 years having never called a Thanksgiving Day game, and we had one last year. Now, now, granted, the team lost, and we won this year. But um, I'm 51 years old. I mean, I went 49 years sitting with um, with. with <laughs> you had enough. You've had you enough. You get it. You get it. Yeah, yeah. yeah with whom Pass I don't want to have with whom I don't want to have weather and or small uh, talk. <laughs> Uh-huh. Now the opportunity to uh, to to be at a place where uh, where the fan base really appreciates it. The operations staff treats it uh, with poise and treats it uh, to make it special for people. Game day at Ford Field is a lot of fun. It's a lot of different. It's a lot different than a regular game against the Lions. Hey Paul, great job. Uh, you know, happy belated Thanksgiving to you and your family. We appreciate a couple minutes this morning. Enjoy uh, enjoy the weekend off. All right, Paul. Yeah, you guys too. Bye, Maggie. Okay, bye, it. Paul.